The opinions expressed in the Keeping It Sporty podcast are individual and are not necessarily representative of Spirit Live or Toronto Metropolitan University. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Keeping It Sporty podcast. You can listen to us on Spirit Live, Spotify, Apple, or by visiting our website at keepingitsporty.com. Please note that this episode contains talk about mental health. Listener discretion is advised. On today's episode, I'm going to be discussing coaching in sports with a very successful coach and teacher, Mr. Jim Georgiadis. Mr. G, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Nice to be here. Thanks. Great. Okay, so Mr. G, why don't you tell us or the listeners a little bit how you got into teaching and maybe how you became a coach? Well, I, I was coaching, uh, you know, it's been over 30 years now coaching. Uh, I've been teaching at Leaside High School now for the better part of about 27 years and uh, coaching in the community of Leaside prior to that. Um, for me, uh, when I was going to school, going to university at the University of Glendon, uh, one of the York campuses, which was down the street from Leaside, I would always go back to Leaside High School and sort of volunteer my time and help out some of the coaches that were there coaching football and baseball, just figuring you know, that, you know, for all the time that they gave um, me in terms of uh, their coaching, their dedication and commitment, I felt it was, you know, good for me to go back and give back a little bit of my time and help support them a little bit. So um, I always enjoyed doing that. And I always thought to myself that, you know, really coaching is just an extension of, of teaching. And I figured that, you know, what a great career that would be that if I could teach in the classroom and also be able to, you know, be on the field coaching teams, that that would be, for me, what I'd like to be doing uh, as a career. Oh, very nice. Yeah, you've been coaching for quite a while, obviously, and teaching as well. So that's great that you ended up paying it forward and giving it back to the community. I really, I think that I respect that. And that's, it's great. So, of course, you're a very successful coach and you coach many sports, obviously, baseball, hockey, football. But I mean, what goes into really kind of preparing your players for gameplay, especially, I mean, at the high school level? I mean, like anything else, I mean, the first thing is always when you when you take on a team is you want to sort of set sort of the expectations, um, the expectations of the season in terms of, you know, what's the goal going to be for this team? I mean, every year you're, you know, you've got different students coming in, the team is always made up of sort of a different dynamic. And so you sort of have to set your sort of expectations to the team. And of course, when you're sort of devising sort of strategies and systems that you want to implement, you also have to take in consideration uh, the personnel that you have. Uh, but I think that if you're consistent with your expectations, uh, the students are clear about and the players are clear about what their roles are on the team, about what your expectations are of them, um, then I think everything just sort of falls into place. I mean, for me, anyway, I always find that students understand when they're there for you. Um, if you show them that, you know, you've got their best interest in mind and everything that you do, you keep them at the center of everything that you do, that they fully understand and fully appreciate that, that you're giving up your time uh, to help them, to coach them. And for me, like I said, being an extension to the classroom, the relationships that I form with the players just sort of also sort of spill over into the classroom as well. It sort of creates that great dynamic and relationship that I have with the players. So for me, you know, every year is different. I don't treat every year the same because it's not always the same, the same people or the same team. Teams change every year. 
in terms of personnel, but the expectations are always the same with respect to being a student athlete, uh, being a good representative of your school or your community. Uh, these are sort of simple things that we keep in place. I don't want to overcomplicate things. I mean, if you keep those simple things in place, I think those are something that's important for, for players to adhere to in order to have a successful season. I don't, I don't measure successful seasons by wins and losses or by championships. Um, we set expectations. We set goals for ourselves. If we can meet or exceed the goals that we set, then for us, that's a, that's a successful season. Yeah, of course. I mean, not every year is going to be a winning year. And you're right, as you said, different players on every team, it's it's definitely different each year. And yeah, you can't treat the, 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 the team the same every year because you're right. It's just you never know what kind of players you're going to get. That's right. So I'm a bit curious. I mean, have you ever had a player come up to you and describe maybe that they've had like a mental health issue? And I mean, how can how do you think players can be more open to sharing this, these issues that affect them? Because I know there's always been that thing where it's like, you know, sports athletes just got to suck it up, whatever the case may be. But now I think kind of people are breaking that barrier. How do you think people can be more open to sharing if they are struggling with their mental health? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, you're right. Over the years that I've been coaching, as I mentioned before, for the better part of almost three decades, I mean, that mentality has changed. Um, the way you phrased it in terms of sucking it up, that's sort of the old school mentality, as you mentioned. Um, and so we really have to be aware. You really have to get to know your athletes so that when you do see a change in them in terms of their, their personality, um, their approach, uh, if they're coming to late or, 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 or absent or you're not really getting the most out of them and you start to see different changes in, in the way they're performing or even just in conversation, then you know if there's something wrong that, again, by having that relationship with them uh, right from the beginning, um, I try to make it sort of an open door policy that they can tell me anything at any time. The, the question you asked me was, has any student ever come to me and, and, and uh, sort of put it out there in terms of that they are experiencing mental health or, or mental health issues? And the answer to that question is yes, it's happened a few times. And um, I guess I would credit that to, to just being approachable. And I think if you're approachable and, and students and, and players trust you, that they're going to be more apt to to open up to you. Um, obviously, it's very it's confidential. It's between unless I feel it's something that's going to, you know, in some way, shape, or form that they're in danger of some kind. Then I would extend that uh, that to someone to someone else, uh, possibly a social worker at the school or some other support systems. I would also reach out to their family and I let them know that I would be reaching out to their family. I I don't like to keep those things sort of secret. Uh, if I feel that the student is in some way, shape, or form in danger. Um, sometimes it's more based on relationships, relationship with other players, other teammates. Um, it could be something like that. Nothing is small in nature. Everything is important. Um, so you always want to try to make sure that you try to figure out ways or solutions to try to help them sort of manage. Um, if players need to take some time off, of course, that's okay too. But I also believe that being around, and that's why teams are so important and being involved is so important, that when you're around the group and around the team and, and you, and you have a role and you feel like, you know, you, that you belong and that you play a role in this team and that you add value to a team, I think that really helps with your mental health. Um, the tendency is when people start to become a little more isolated and kind of move away from those groups is when you start to sense there might be a bit of a problem. Mm -hmm. So being connected and staying connected, I think is very, very important. 
Yeah, and you mentioned that sense of community involvement, and I think that's, or team involvement even, and I think that's really important in dealing with one's mental health. And obviously the COVID pandemic was no help to that. Obviously you couldn't have these sports teams and whatever the case may be. Agreed, agreed. I mean, it, it was a couple of years um, that we had to go through that. We all went through that. Everyone coped in different ways and managed in different ways. Um, some people came out of it uh, maybe a little bit better than others. Um, you can sense and see a little bit in terms of social interaction, how some students have adapted well and others are still sort of lagging behind a little bit. But I mean, I think eventually it's going to catch up. Um, I think the more you expose yourself to it, the more you open yourself up to it, uh, the more you connect yourself with, um, with teams or, or the community or volunteer your time or just get involved, whether it be with a club or a team, um, a classroom, whatever it may be, the more connections you make, I think you're going to start to sort of get back to what was normal, I guess, then. Um, I, I have noticed it a little bit with some of the grades, particularly, let's say, the grade 10s, for example. Uh, to me, they, they seem a little bit in terms of their level of social interaction, uh, level of maturity. You can see that they're, you know, they could use another year or two for them to sort of catch up, but you're seeing the maturity start to come around right now, which is, which is nice to see. But I think that came with them kind of getting back into um, the sort of that, that way of uh, that lifestyle that they were used to. I think that being behind a computer screen, I think for a couple of years and not really being connected and having those social interaction, having those experiences really set back a few, a few of the students. But I think we're, we're starting to sort of catch up right now. Um, it, was, it was a very difficult time, not just for students, for teachers too. And I'm sure people in the working world with jobs and, and, and things of that nature. Um, but I think right now I can sort of feel that it's starting to get back to a, let's just call it a new normal. How's that sound? Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, even with myself, I mean, it started when I was in back in grade nine, you know, semester two. I really, it doesn't even feel like four years of high school. I went by now for me. It feels like maybe two, two and a half. So, I mean, I mean, everybody, of course, lost time wherever they were, but yeah, it, it was just one of those things you had to, you had to deal with, of course. Well, this is it. I mean, it was important for us to have a commencement. It was important for us to have, um, um, you know, the, the, the prom is important for us to, to put, to present a yearbook. It was important for us to have different clubs and teams. It was important. It's important to get back to, you know, what students and teachers, um, you know, in, in a school a community was used to. Um, having students feel connected to their school is very important. And so these are the vehicles that we can use for students to get involved, to be a part of the school, to, to have those social interactions, to have those experiences, um, as you say, in order for them to, uh, to improve upon uh, their mental health and, and, and have that feeling of, yeah, I'm a valued member of this school, of this community. And of course, everybody is unique. Everybody adds that sort of value to whether it's a team or, or just in general at, at the school. 100%, I agree. So my next question, obviously, you mentioned that every player, of course, is different, unique. No, you're not going to have the same team every year. But I mean, is there one common thing, I guess, that you look for when when training players? And I mean, what, what would you look for the most and any issues that you have to correct or, or habits with some of these players, in your opinion? I mean, the most important thing is is commitment. I mean, if you're going to sign up for a team sport, then 
you know, you, you're you part of a group and um, it, it wouldn't be right. If, if you're not giving your full effort and your full dedication commitment to the team, then of course that's going to hurt the team. So you have to understand that not everyone's going to be a starter. Not everyone's going to be playing sort of the um, premium positions. Let's just call it that. Everyone has a role to play. And it can happen in uh, with the position that you play. It can happen with, um, for example, in practice, what you what you add in practice to help others get better. Um, it could be more along the lines of you know how you are in the dressing room and how you keep the team loose, you know, with your personality, your sense of humor. There's always something that you can give to the team. Everybody has a role on the team. Um, so you can be the superstar athlete or you could be the last guy on the bench. The point is, is that you be ready. You never know when you will be called upon to, you know, to take on, uh, to play. And so I never want to feel like anyone is diminished. I always want to make everyone feel like everyone has a role to play. It's that old saying, iron, iron, iron sharpens iron. And, and, you know, we need everyone in there buying into what we're trying to get done and we have to do it together. So football is one of the greatest team sports of all time. And students really understand, I think, when they walk away from it uh, after a four-year career playing high school football, they really, really miss it. And I know when the season is over, they can't wait to get back to the next season uh, because of the camaraderie, the, you know, just the whole idea that, it, you know, you've got 12 guys on the field. Everyone's got to be doing their part because if someone's not doing their job correctly, then it falls apart. So it takes a lot of repetitions, it takes a lot of practice, it takes a lot of effort and concentration and focus. And you know what, we're all sort of, you know, again, just sort of rowing in the same direction. It's just one of those things where we just, we need everybody, we need everyone to buy into what we're doing. So you're asking what's the most important thing? And that's the answer is commitment. You've gotta be committed. You've gotta be committed and you have to understand that you've got a role to play and you have to understand that whatever that role is, that's the value you're going to add and do it to the best of your ability. Plain and simple. No, I, I mean, if you're, whether you're the quarterback of the team or, I mean, you're the last guy on the bench, you're right. Everybody has a role to play. And I mean, maybe, you know, that player doesn't see that right from the get-go, but if you keep improving upon it, maybe one day you will be that star quarterback, that front of the line player. And, and you're, yes. you're, you're, you're totally correct. Commitment. If you're a committed player and you have, I mean, a, a role to play, I think, yeah, you're, you're totally correct. You, you show up to all the practices, you go to all the games, even if you're not getting any gameplay or, or much gameplay, you still have an important role to play on the team. I mean, a good example would be Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady was not a high a high draft pick. He went in the first round, but went late in the first. Oh, sorry, he went late. I'm not sure exactly, fifth or sixth round of the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. He was passed up by a lot of teams and a lot of coaches, um, you know, he had a good career at Michigan. He was the backup quarterback to Drew Bledsoe in New England. But the one thing that Bill Belichick knew about Tom Brady was that he was prepared. He was prepared. He knew the playbook better than the starting quarterback knew the playbook. Mm -hmm. And so it all boils down to trust. So when there was an injury to Bledsoe, Belichick trusted Brady that he could go in and run the offense. He was prepared. So he had a role to play. His role was to support Drew Bledsoe. But when Drew went down, Tom was ready to play. And so that's the lesson you need to understand. And that is be ready, be prepared, 
Stay committed. Support your teammates. And when your turn comes, execute. And so that's a, that's a great template right there. A hundred percent. And yeah, you always have to be ready. Like you said, you never know when you're going to be called up to you get to know. play that position, of right. course. So I was going to ask you, have you ever considered becoming, I guess, a higher up coach maybe? And why, why or why not? Or I guess it was just kind of one of those things you said that it was teaching that led to coaching. But I was wondering if you were ever considering becoming a higher up coach at one point or another. Um, not not really. No, I, I knew my career was always going to be teaching uh, first and foremost um, with the Toronto District School Board. As you know, I'm a teacher at Leeside High School. I was a student at Leeside High School. Um, I've been a member of the community since day one. I mean, a lot of people ask me, so when you, when you, first, when you first come to Leeside, I say 1982. And they're like, 1982, how old are you? Well, I said, well, that's when I went to high school in 1982. But I hadn't ventured too far. Like I said, I went to Leeside High School. Then I went to Glendon College, which was just down the street at Lawrence and Bayview. I always came back to the school and helped out. And then, you know, it just just by chance and by luck, I, you know, landed a job back at Leeside High School. Uh, so I haven't ventured very far from the community. Uh, and so the Leeside community has always been very close to me. Um, we used to live in the community. My dad had a business in the community. So we have a lot of connections to the community. So I never really thought about in any way sort of moving forward in terms of maybe going to the university level or going to the pro level. Um, my, my thought was always going to be, you know what, I want to be a teacher. I want to teach, but I also want to coach. And, I, and for me, um, coaching at the high school level, coaching the community and coaching some rep teams in the community is also something that's very important to me. I coach a little bit of rep baseball. I've coached uh, rep hockey in the GTHL. So I have all my certifications in hockey and football and, and baseball. So, I mean, it, the thought, to be honest with you, never really entered my mind to take this to another level. I have, I'm, I'm quite happy and, and quite uh, and, and feel very lucky and fortunate. And the rewards I receive in terms of, you know, a lot of the students who, are, who come back after they graduate and they, they come back and they see you and or they'll write you a note or write you a letter just thanking you because you know, now they're, you know, in their 30s, they're in their careers and they've got families. And sometimes I'll student will come by and say, hey, I just wanted to say thanks. And, you know, that type of stuff is very, very rewarding. Um, and so for me, I mean, there, there's nothing more I'd like to do beyond that. And you know what? Sometimes staying local, staying just with those high school teams and around the, the leagues uh, around Toronto is is the is the way to go. Because obviously, once you get higher up, things become more difficult. There's more adversity, more pressure, stuff like that. And you're right; it's those little things that players do that they, they send notes and or whatever they they may visit you. And it's those little things that I you tend to appreciate Absolutely. in in playing and saying that oh man, that you played a huge role maybe in their life. Obviously, as a coach. Whether it be a big role or whether it just be just a role of any kind, you know, if it just helped them get to another stage of their lives in any way, shape or form, then to me, that's great. I mean, even if it's, you know, forming a relationship with someone that they've kept and maintained, uh, next thing you know that that person maybe is going to be the best man at their wedding and, you know, that person will now become maybe potentially the godparent of their first child and you know, that all started back in high school, playing high school football. And that's where we met. And, you know, these kinds of things, to me, that's what's most important. To me, it's all about relationships. Yeah, relationships are definitely key for sure. So my final question to ask you is, if you had any advice to give 
what could you tell, I guess, younger people or even my generation about maybe being a coach or maybe even just continuing their career with maybe one of the sports like football, baseball, hockey, etc. Right. Well, I mean, first and foremost, obviously, is follow your passion. Whatever your passion is, follow it. Um, the road's not going to be a straight line. There's going to be pitfalls along the way. But that's where you're going to learn by making those mistakes, maybe making the choice that maybe you shouldn't have made, but now you've learned and you won't make that mistake again. And so understand that there's going to be, you know, you're going to face adversity throughout it. There's going to be times when the door is going to be closed and you're going to have to maybe pursue another option. When I first started teaching, I applied to every single board that there was. Back then, there were several school boards. Now we're the Toronto School Board, but back then, it was made up of several school boards. So I applied to every single school board. And not one of them responded back to me. I couldn't even get onto the hire list or the supply list. And so what I've done is I just basically drove to Leaside High School and I walked into the principal's office and the principal got on the phone and called the East York Board of Education and said, get this person on the list now. And so it, again, back to relationships. Um, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I knew if I wanted to do it, that that would be the place I'd want to do it at. Because I had a really good relationship with the administration, because I volunteered my time before that, I was known to the school. And so when I went there to ask, they didn't even hesitate to pick up the phone and make that call for me to help me. So I'll never forget that, that that was my passion. I followed it. I'd maintain good relationships along the way. I exercised my option to tap into those relationships. People go, went ahead and supported me. And, you know, it helped me sort of propel me to and get me started onto my career. So, I mean, my advice is, hey, relationships is important. Make sure you put yourself out there. Follow your passion. Some people are going to say no, but at the same time, if you really want to do it, then just keep keep pushing forward and try and find a way. And so that was my way. I found a way. It got my foot in the door, gave me an opportunity. And also all you can ask for is an opportunity. Once I got it, then it was up to me. But I'll never forget that. And so when you talk about, you know, the importance of doing what I do, Someone helped me get to where I am today. So if I can help somebody else get to where they need to get to, then I'll do everything I can to help support them. Whether it be, you know, write them a letter of reference, letter of recommendation, uh, whatever it may be. If, if I can help in some way, help them achieve what they want to achieve, then uh, I'm, I'm more than happy to do so because I know I was in the same spot myself, you know, roughly 30 years ago. So, yeah. Follow your passion, you know, network yourself, form good relationships, tap into those relationships. People want to help you. People want to help. Okay. As they say, don't burn your bridges. That's... Don't burn your bridges. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good stuff. Well, Mr. Georgiatis, thank you for doing this today and taking the time. My pleasure. And yeah, well, definitely. Um, it, it was a great chat. So yeah, thank you for doing this. I, I appreciate it. Okay, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Take care. Take care. You've been listening to the Keeping It Sporty podcast on Spirit Live Radio. Don't forget to listen to us on Spotify, 
Apple, or on our website at keepingit40.com. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at keepingit40. That's K-E-E-P-I-N with no G, it, sporty. S-P-O-R-T-Y. I've been your host, Elias Drakos. So long, and see you next time.